Praise the Lord. It is good to be back with you again this week. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the word of the Lord this morning. I know that, um, know that there have been many of you that I've been in contact with. Uh, we've talked to several of you, uh, my wife and I both, and uh, it's good to know that, uh, that you are all doing well. And uh, I know that all of us are looking forward to being back together and uh, we are awaiting that that time and uh, looking forward to it and look forward to seeing each and every one of you once again and, and having that fellowship that we uh, that we have grown so accustomed to and so uh, I just want to uh, say that it won't be long I'm sure it's uh, it is good to be back uh, in the house of the Lord and to be bringing to you the word of the Lord and so um, we want to um, we want to move into that. Before we do that, I want to remind everyone: uh, please be faithful in your tithing, your offerings. You can uh, go to our website. There are uh, several different ways that you can uh, that you can give to the church. Make sure that you're uh, you're faithful in your tithing. Um, listen, God's been so good to us, even through the midst of this. We we want to remain faithful to Him. So um, I'm going to get into the word of the Lord this morning and um, I want to take my uh, my text from Judges the sixth chapter um, be reading verses 11 through 16 um, I'm going to be titling this uh, this message um, before deliverance there must be reformation and um, you know as I, I begin praying and studying and, and asking the Lord, uh, you know, getting direction for this message. Um, at, at first I, I was, you know, uh, the, the passage that we're reading, the, the story, the account here in the Bible is a, uh, the account of Gideon. And uh, at, at the beginning of that, I thought, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. I, I you know, I know this, this is, you know, this is a, a very familiar passage and, and, but the Lord just began to talk to me a little bit and kind of took me in a different direction. And so I want to, uh, I want to take us into this this morning and um, just ask you to, to, to read along and to allow God to direct us. Um, Judges, the sixth chapter, verse 11 through 16, it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is in Ophrah, that pertained to Joash the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And, and where be all his miracles? which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, 
Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Let's bow our heads. Let's uh, ask the Lord just to bless this message this morning. God, we love you. We thank you right now. We thank you for all that you're doing in our life, God. We thank you for your word. God, and I just pray right now that you would anoint my lips this morning as I, as I speak unto your people, God. I pray that you would minister, that you would let this word go forth, God. Let it uh, bring forth its intended purpose, God. Let it motivate us. Let it move us, God. Let it, let it be meat unto our bones, God. Lord, let your word move amongst us, God, and, and just do great things, Lord. We thank you for it. I pray that you would anoint the hearers this morning, God. Lord, that you would bless them with your word, God. Lord, that you would let this word be an enrichment into their life, God. Lord, help it minister to them this morning. We thank you for it. We give you praise and honor. And we ask all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, bless you. Now, before we, uh, before we go diving into this, let's just kind of step back for a moment here and let's uh, take a look at the history of what was happening in it, uh, Israel. The Midianites were coming against Israel uh, during this time. Year after year, for seven years, the Bible says, they had been coming against Israel. And every time they would plant a crop, they would you know, try to raise uh, wheat or grains or, or any type of a crop, the Midianites would come and they would steal that. They would come down with their cattle and with their camels and they would come in and they would steal the harvest. And there were other, uh, other armies that would join with the Midianites and come in and they would, they would take that. And so it, this greatly uh, impoverished the, the, um, the Israelites. They had, they had lost much of their uh, of their their wealth of their resources they they had become a, a a poorer nation they were really struggling at this point because of what was going on and and finally after seven years finally the bible says that the children of israel cried unto god for help i can't imagine waiting seven years before i cried out to god but that's what the Bible says, that, that the children of, of Israel finally cried out to God for help. And so what did God do? What was God's response? Well, his initial response was he sent a prophet. And he sent a prophet to declare unto Israel why they were in the situation that they were in. And the scripture begins to talk about that, and, and it, it tells us about it, and in the uh, beginning of the sixth chapter there of, of Judges, and it says that they were in that because they had turned from God and turned to idolatry. And it talks about how that they had they had left from serving God, and you know, and, and God was not pleased with that. And so God allowed the Midianites to come in and to, to have this, this rule over them, to have this upper hand over the children of Israel. But after God had sent this uh, prophet, there was an angel that appeared to Gideon. That was the account that we read is where this angel appeared. And uh, the angel called Gideon to be the leader of, that would deliver, deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. 
And so he, he called him. And, you know, we've always laughed about the fact that you have um, uh, Gideon who's hiding out at the wine press trying to thresh a little wheat just to, uh, you know, to sustain his family. And, and the angel shows up and calls him a mighty man of valor. You know, uh, a mighty man of valor you would expect would, you know, would be out there in the forefront and just, you know, Forget what the, you know, the enemy's trying to do. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take control. But yet we find him hiding out. But, you know, listen, it was understanding that, that after seven years, Gideon was just trying to look out for his family. He was trying to make sure that, listen, I, I know I'm not going to be able to reap a full harvest, but let me get something that can sustain us. Let me, let me do what I can. To, to be able to put something aside for my family. And we see that Gideon was a little bit hesitant, but God was patient with him. Gideon, when the message came, he said, you know, let me do something to make sure that, you know, that this is from the Lord. He said, wait here, give me a sign. He said, wait here, let me go and prepare a meal for you. And, and so the angel waited so that Gideon could come back with this meal. But, but when Gideon prepared, uh, presented it to the angel, the angel had him put it on a rock. He said, take the meat and put on the rock and take the, the unleavened uh, bread and put that on the rock and, and pour the broth out over top of it and, 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 and place it there. And then fire consumed that. And it was at this point that Gideon realized that this stranger that had appeared unto him was not just a random stranger, but it was an angel sent from God. And Gideon became very afraid, and he, he cried out to God saying, oh, I, I've seen an angel face to face. And, and the Lord spoke at that, at that point to Gideon and calmed him down saying that the words that he spoke to him were, peace be unto thee, fear not thou shalt not die. What a reassuring message from the Lord. Listen, peace be unto you. Peace. Don't let fear, don't let fear get a hold of you. Don't let fear grip you right now. I, I know that you've done something that, that not very many people have ever done, but don't be afraid. Have peace. You're not going to die. Gideon, uh, after he received that word, he, he prepared an altar there to God. And he called it Jehovah Shalom, which means Jehovah is peace. And, and the Bible records that that, that that altar is there to this, to this day, is what the word says. And so we see that Gideon was, was calmed in his spirit, and he, he entered into a time of worship to God there with that altar. And it was later that night that the, that the Lord spoke to Gideon, and God had a mission, a mission for Gideon. We can read about that in Judges chapter 6, verse 25. It picks up, and it says, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father had, 
and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock, in the ordered place, and take the second bullock, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. This is, this is what the Lord has instructed me to preach to you today. And that is, before deliverance comes, there must be reformation. We find that before Gideon was able to go and be the deliverer for, for that nation, he had to take care of some things at home. Maybe not in his own personal life, but some things on the home front. Because the Bible tells us that there was an altar to Baal that was set up in, in, uh, on a parcel of land that his father owned, and that there was a grove there, and, and people went there, and, and they worshipped Baal. They, they offered sacrifices to Baal and to Ashtaroth and to other false gods, to other, other idol, uh, idols, to idolatrous uh, religions. They worshipped in those things. They practiced those things. And that was not pleasing to God. Let me share the words of um, a, a preacher from the past. I, I did some research and uh, it was interesting what this man uh, began to comment on in, in one of the commentaries uh, on this particular passage here. He, he, he said that reformation begins with the destruction of evil. Gideon's first work is to destroy the altar and idols of false worship, to wrench out the stones of the massive altar of Baal, and to tear up the Asherah was no easy work, yet it was necessary. It's pleasant to prophesy smooth things, and we should prefer to trust entirely to the power of light to dispel the darkness, of life to overcome death, of the gospel of peace to supplant all forms of evil. But it is not possible to succeed by this means alone. Evil must be exposed, challenged, resisted, overthrown. Sin must be rebuked. Wrong practices must be directly thwarted and frustrated. This implies aggressive action on the part of the church and long, arduous, united efforts to throw down the great structures of sinful institutions and uproot inveterated habits of vice and crime, intemperance, commercial dishonesty, religious hypocrisy, etc., must be directly met and fought by practical agencies suited to cope with the strength and size of great national sins. Church, today I come to you with a message that God has put on my heart. 
that it is time for the church of God to arise. I spoke last week about the church awakening, awakening to who we are in Christ. I, I, I talked about this at the, uh, at the resurrection service as we closed the service. I, I, I put a challenge to the church to, to arise and to awaken to, to who we are in God. And the Lord is continuing in this message and in this same vein saying, listen, it is time for my children to rise up. It's time for the church of God to arise and to take charge. Oh, hallelujah. As children of God, we are his hands and feet. We are here and we are his disciples, and we are, we are to be the ones that go out into this world and show forth the truth of God. We are to shine a light into this dark world. And the church, I am afraid, has, in an effort to, to love the sinner, we have turned sometimes a complacent eye to the sin. And, and I believe that, that we should love every sinner. We should love mankind. It's not, the, it's not the sinner that we hate. It's the sin that we hate. It's the sin that God hates. And, and as the church, we cannot become complacent and allow sin to remain unchecked. We as, the, as the, the child of God, the children of God, we are the ones that should be calling sin, sin. We should be standing up. It's time that the church stand up and boldly proclaim that what God has declared as sin is still sin today. Our world has tried to, to rewrite the pages of the Bible and the doctrines that, that Jesus Christ and the men and, and the, 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 the different people that were in the word of God have established. They have tried to, to pervert the word of God to, to mean what they want it to mean. They've tried to change it to make it something that's more palatable, something that fits society. Well, the word of God is not meant to fit society. Society is meant to come into compliance with the word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are, we are in a time that no man or no group of men are, are able to change what God has declared. We, we cannot sit still and, and allow the, the sinful thinking of man. We can't back down to society. We, we can't. We're, we don't have that, that liberty. The Lord is coming soon. I know that we've heard that, but I believe more and more as we look at the signs, as we look at the things that are happening around us, we know that the, 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 soon, that the coming of the Lord is, is very soon. And we have a responsibility. We have a, a, a duty to God that we go forth and shed this gospel, that we proclaim truth. If we don't proclaim truth, then there will be no change. 
The, the lies of the enemy will go unchecked. But it's up to the church. Hmm. We must stand by the word of God and, and come against sins and the powers of darkness that are pushing for their acceptance. We, we've got to be intercessors in this day and age. We have to stand in the gap. The Bible talks about these, these principles that, that the Lord is looking for someone that will stand in the gap, that will intercede on behalf of a sinful nation. Listen, we live in a, in a world today, and, and America is not immune to it. Throughout our world, and, and even more so in America, there are sins that are running rampant. Things that, that gener, you know, a generation ago would have been completely unthinkable are today fully accepted. They've become the norm. If, if you go back a, a hundred years, you look at the way life was here in America and, and, and the people that were alive at that time would, would absolutely just be shocked. They, they would not be able to believe what has become accepted. And it's time for the church to rise up and say, enough is enough. I know, that, I know that there are people in this world that are, are trying to say, oh, but we must, we must be accepting. No, we don't have to accept sin. It is our responsibility. It is our duty to, to call out sin for what it is. It is sin. Hmm. We live in a, in a world today that accepts sin. Sometimes we even welcome it into our daily lives and we allow it to, to come into places of worship that are supposed to be worshiping the, the true God. But they allow things to come into their places of worship that God hates. They allow these things to enter into the church. They allow sometimes for those things to even enter into their pulpits. They have changed the word of God to fit what mankind wants so that they can make sure that there are people in the pews. We cannot change God's word. We cannot make a difference in the message. We have to declare the word of God as truth and stand firm on it. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can we expect God to bless our nation when sin runs rampant and the church of the living God does not take a, a, a firm stand and call sin, sin? There are preachers that are afraid to stand in the pulpit and, and declare homosexuality a sin. They're, they're afraid to stand in the pulpit and say that abortion is murder. I'm not one of those men. I've got a, a conviction inside of me that I've got to declare God's word is the truth 
And no matter what man thinks, no matter what man tries to do, I've got to stand before God one day. And I want to be able to stand there and tell God, Lord, I declared your word. I didn't change your word. But God, the truth of your word is truth even now. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can no longer be afraid of what man may think or do. We have to put our trust in God. As we read this account, we see that Gideon was obedient to God. He went in and he, he tore down those altars. He, he, broke, he cut down the groves. He used the, the wood from the groves and the stones from the altar. He, he built a new altar to God in the place that idol worship had been. He said, no, this is no longer going to be acceptable here, but we're going to worship God. We're going to take those stones and we're going to build up an altar here. We're going to take the wood and we're going to use it to, to, to hold the fire that's going, to offer, that's going to be under the sacrifice that is offered to God. He did the work. Mm. Hallelujah. But you know, in the morning, he had to face the, the consequences of his action. Bible tells us that in the morning, after he had done this, after he had, he had lit the fires and the sacrifice was burning, there were men of the city that began to, to look and they saw smoke arising from the, from the fire. They saw the, the ashes from the, from the sacrifice that had been offered. And, and they wanted to know what has happened because our altar to Baal has been torn down. The grove is no longer there. Who's done this? Who's defiled what we have set up to worship our God, Baal? And so they went and, and, and they inquired who has done this. And someone said, this was Gideon. This was his work. And they went to Gideon's father and they said, send him out that we may kill him. They wanted to put him to death. And Gideon's father said, why are you fighting on behalf of Baal? If, if Baal is God, let him fight his own battle. Mm. And and the words of that message rang true. And, and, and the, the men that had come to try to, to kill and destroy Gideon began to turn aside. And, and the Bible says that it was at that point that Gideon, and I, I thought this was, I thought this was kind of odd as I read this. It said that Gideon blew a trumpet. Now, what does it mean when you blow a trumpet? There were some people that didn't know the significance of what that sounding of trumpet was. Oh, but to those from the house of Israel, to those children of God, 
that were, that were within range to be able to hear what was going on, to those that hadn't, hadn't succumbed to the idolatrous worship, but those that understood what had happened in times past, they knew that the trumpet call was a, uh, was a calling to those that, that, that were out there saying, come and help me, come join with me. And Gideon blew that trumpet And in a nation, a, a, a nation that was, that was under the oppressive hand of an enemy because idolatry had, had, had taken a grip on its nation, on the people, there was a great army that, that began to come from all around. And they began to come and say, we know what that sound is. Oh, there's a sound. It's a sure sound. We know what that sound is, and we're responding to that because Gideon will stand with you. The children of God. The children of God must respond to that sound that is going out today. And saying, no, we will no longer stand on the sidelines and allow sin to remain. But we will come forth and we will be a part of the army of God that will stand against the enemy. That will stand in the face of, of, of the, the attacks of hell. We will stand and not be afraid because we know that the Lord our God will fight our battles. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, we are, we are at a point in this nation that we can no longer stand still. But God is sending out a clarion call unto this world. He is calling to his people, saying, rise up. Now is the time for us to arise and allow the, the reformation of this world to begin. It's time for the children of God to stand against the sin, to pray, to, to take authority over the bands and the bonds of the enemy, to take authority over every evil spirit through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost that is within us, through the act of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, when you were baptized in his name and filled with the Holy Ghost, it did more than just uh, give you his spirit so that you could be saved. It gave you his spirit so that you could affect the lives of others, so that you could have power over every power of the enemy. Church, we have the greatest weapon that has ever been formed inside of us and that is the power of God and it is time that the church unleash the power of God on the darkness in this world on the sin on the perversion that has become so prevalent in our nation church I am calling for us today to respond to the word of God I, I'm not here today to, uh, to, to, to give you a, a, a list of every sin in the Bible. But I want to put a challenge to you today. 
I want you to uh, look at your life, examine your life, examine the things that are around you, examine the things that you have become comfortable with, the things that you have just uh, you, you have become so accustomed to seeing that they don't bother you anymore. Oh, the enemy would love to lull the church to sleep and say, you know, I, I've seen sin so much that it's just what happens in the world. This world is filled with sinners and there's sin around and, and you know, I, I just can't do anything about it. No, that is a lie from the pits of hell. You can do something about the sin. You can stand against it. You can pray. You can take authority over it. You can have the victory over sin, not only in your life, but in the lives of those that are around you. Let me share with you just a few of the, the scriptures that, that talk about what is sin. In the words of Jesus in Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse 19 and 20, he says specifically, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. When we look at, at any news outlet today, it doesn't matter. I, I don't care what your, uh, what your uh, preference is, where you get your news. You can look and those things are in the news every day. And we as the church need to stand against those and we need to say those things are wrong. Those things are not pleasing to God. Those things are sin, and they will defile a man. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, I, I don't know, but that's pretty plain to me. If you're unrighteous, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. These things are what we need to stand against. We can look back even into the Old Testament at the, at the Ten Commandments. We can look at those things. I, it talks about not having any other God before me, not having any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. It says that we should remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We should honor our father and mother. Oh, that is something that has been thrown out the window in our world, in our society. The honor of the parents has been just absolutely disregarded. And that needs to be changed. The, the Lord continues on. He says, thou shalt not kill. Listen, murder is sin, no matter what form it is in. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I don't believe that God was being vague about that. I think he was being pretty clear. He says, thou shalt not steal. 
And, and no, he didn't put a dollar limit on it and say, well, it's okay if it's under $100. No, he said, don't steal. Isn't God our provider? If God's our provider, why do we need to try to steal and, and, and take something that's not ours? Listen, I trust God and he'll meet my needs. Hmm. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not cover, covet thy neighbor's house, cover thy neighbor's wife, his manservant, his maidservant, etc., etc. We should not be covetous. In this world of social media, we see, you know, into the, the lives of people all over this world. And it has made people extremely covetous. People look at that and they go, oh, oh I, I wish I had that. There, there are people that, that allow envy and strife into their hearts because they're comparing what they have with others. The Bible warns against those things. Church, it's time that we stand up and that we put an end to these things. Not only in our life, but in those around us. We need to be like Gideon and we need to go in and begin to tear down what has been built up. The things that have been built up that are false, that go contrary to the word of God. We need to hit our knees. We need to spend time as an intercessor in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. We need to speak the word of God, the truth of the Bible. We need to declare it. We don't need to be afraid of what man may try to do to us, but we need to declare it boldly. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. As we close the day, I want to place that challenge before you that you would examine yourself, that you would examine the world around you, that you would begin to, to, to wake up and, and to wipe the sleep from your eyes so that you can see what is happening around you, that you can see the lies that the enemy has perpetrated, the things that he has done to try to lull the church to sleep. And I challenge you to arise this week and stand for the word of God and stand for the power of the Bible and of God's word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Lord, we need you today, God. Lord, God, your people are calling out to you all across the nation, all across the world. We are calling to you, God. Lord, asking for you to, to move upon us, God. Lord, let the Holy Ghost, Lord, bring an awakening into our lives, God. Lord, that we could rise up and that we could go against the forces of the enemy, God. Lord, that we could go against what the enemy is trying to do. God, that there would be a great and a mighty revival in this end time. Lord, that there would be victories won for your kingdom. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, bless you today, church. Pray for you. I pray the blessings of God upon you. Have a blessed week.